The following message is from Pastor Peter Cho of Emmanuel Community Church. More information about the ministry of Emmanuel Community Church can be found at emmanuelcommunity.org. All right, a lot of talk about sheep today. <laughs> and uh, I wanted to talk about sheep because when you look at all the animals mentioned in the Bible, I think it's pretty clear that sheep are referenced more than any other animal. And I don't think it's even close. Right? The patriarchs, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, uh, Moses, and many of the prophets of the Old Testament, they were shepherds. And the most famous psalm in the Bible is what? It's psalm 23, written by the most famous shepherd boy of the world, David. Right? And the first witnesses of Jesus' birth were... Not, not the wise men, they were actually shepherds, lowly shepherds. Several parables that Jesus taught he, using this unique animal and sheep, about sheep and shepherds. And of course, Jesus refers to himself as the good shepherd. And have you ever thought about why? Why so much talk about sheep? Um, I think there's a good reason for this. You know, God often refers to sheep so often because he wants to teach us something very important through them, I believe. God has given us pictures of sheep and a shepherd to show us that he, what he is like and to show us what we are like and to show us what it means to follow him. You know, when I was in high school, my youth pastor always used to say, did you know that sheep are like the dumbest animals on the planet? <laughs> he used to say it all the time. And I'm not sure if this is true. I actually don't think it's true. I think there are dumber animals. But I understand why people might say this because sheep are generally not wise. Sheep are not very smart. Apparently, sheep have really good memories, but they are not known for making wise decisions. And you know why? Because they have this strong herding instinct. Herding, meaning they just tend to do what everyone else is doing. They don't really think for themselves, and they don't even think logically at times. When one sheep moves, the others tend to follow. And it's called a flock mentality. And I want to show you a brief video that shows this type of behavior. Okay, if we could play that. All right, that's, I don't know, I find that pretty mesmerizing to watch that drone footage of sheep because sheep, you can see really there clearly that they are creatures of habit and they feel safest in their flock. And as you can see, when one just goes to this other pen or this other area, they just tend to follow a leader. And if one sheep starts running in one direction, the rest often follow. And this can be helpful in some ways when you're trying to herd them and move them all as a group. And it generally protects them from predators, but it can also get them into trouble. You know, back in uh, 2005, there was news reports from Turkey of a sheep accident. Uh, some shepherds left 1,500 sheep grazing while they went out to eat breakfast, and they left the sheep grazing in a large field, and it was next to a cliff. And one sheep decided to jump off the cliff. Can you guess what, what happened after that? All 1,500 sheep, show that slide, follow this one sheep by jumping off the cliff as well. Do you know how many sheep died? <laughs> Actually, no. Surprisingly, not all of them. Only 450 sheep died. You know why? Only about a third. Because they just, the last two-thirds jumped into this big pile of wool. <laughs> so it was a very cushy blow for them. They survived because they, they jumped on a large pile of sheep wool. But but this was sad news, actually, because uh, these sheep were owned by many, many different families. They only owned about 20 to 30 each. And uh, many of them had, you know, took a big financial loss losing their sheep, losing some of their sheep. And so sheep show their lack of wisdom, not only by following a herd, but they can also get into trouble by escaping enclosures. Right? They're very curious creatures. 
And they have a knack for finding that one hole or that weakness in the fence. And they have a way of going where they're not supposed to go and getting into trouble. And they, they often get lost because of this. And Jesus actually draws on this image. When he talks about seeking and finding those people that no one wants anything to do with. The sinners that everyone else judged and everyone hated. These were the ones that Jesus loved. And he would go into their homes. And he would eat with them, which was unheard of. Why would any respectable man do that and ruin his own reputation? In Luke 15, verses 1 through 7, it says, Now the tax collectors and the sinners, they were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law muttered, This man welcomes sinners, and he eats with them. Then Jesus told them this parable. He said, Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and neighbors together and he says, Rejoice with me. I have found my lost sheep. I tell you that in the same way there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. And, you know, this is a very simple story that really anyone in Jesus' day could very much understand and relate to. And Jesus is showing these judgmental people, these Pharisees and teachers of the law, that just as they are desperate to even find one of their lost sheep if it goes missing, God, in the same way, is desperate to find even one of us who are lost as well. And how much more valuable to God is a person created in his image than a sheep to one of us. And God loves the very people, even the ones that we hate and despise. And he loves them, not because they're sinful. He loves them because they're lost. And so he didn't look down on, on them. He looked upon them with great compassion. And he was telling the whole world, you may see a dirty sinner, but I see a lost soul. And I'm going to search for them. And I'm not going to stop until they're found. And the parable of the lost sheep is found in the midst of several parables in Luke 15, all of which address this idea of something of value, whether it be a coin, a sheep, or even a son that was once lost but is now joyfully found. God was putting everyone on notice. If you were lost, if you've lost your way, if you're lost in your sin, if you're lost in life, fear not. I'm not coming to you with judgment. I'm not coming with condemnation. I'm pursuing you in love and full of grace and mercy. You know, when one of my favorite pastors and authors, uh, Eugene Peterson, he died um, back in 2018, a few years ago, and, and I watched his funeral service on the video, and one of his sons, Leif, shared in his eulogy this quote from his father, Eugene, that stuck with me. And he said this in his eulogy. He said, for 50 years, talking about his dad, for 50 years, you would steal into my room at night and whisper softly to my sleeping head the same message over and over. God loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you. He's relentless. God loves you. He's on your side. He's coming after you. And he's relentless. And I remember when I heard that, thinking, like, if there's one thing I want my children to know, it's that. That this is what God is teaching us through his sheep. 
that he loves us, that he is on our side, that he is coming after us, and he is relentless in his pursuit. So we know that sheep are not wise, but guess what? Sheep are also not that strong. Sheep are not strong, right? They're weak. They're low in the food chain. They have lots of natural predators because they, they aren't strong. You know, an adult male, a ram, has horns. But really, besides that, sheep has no natural ability to defend themselves, right? It's not like a porcupine or a skunk. They are easy prey. And this is why they are often hunted by larger animals. And so we talked about pronking earlier, right? The, the way the sheep kind of jumps spontaneously. Some scientists believe that pronking is a way for these animals to signal to their predators that they are healthy, that they are agile, making them less attractive as prey, right? Like, ha-ha, you cannot catch me, right? That's part of the reason why they pronk, they believe. And when an entire herd is engaged in this behavior, it can confuse or deter, deter predators. But this is actually, sadly, this is the best they've got, <laughs> right? They have no real ability to fight back, which causes them to be dependent on others for safety, to find someone who's stronger to save them when they get in trouble, I want to show you one more brief video of a sheep that has found itself in trouble that needs saving. <laughs> How many of us can relate to this sheep? Right? No sooner does God save us from our foolishness, from ourselves, and then we find ourselves right back in the mess, stuck and helpless. And sheep show us that we need God's help, that we are utterly dependent upon him to save us, not just from others, but to save us from ourselves. And so I hope I've convinced you that sheep are weak and sheep are unwise, and you can see why God often compares us to sheep, because he wants us to know, you know what, <laughs> We're like that as well, though we often refuse to see it. Through the lack of wisdom and the weakness of sheep, we see God's wisdom, God's strength, but also God's persistent, patient love towards us. And I know sheep are getting a, a bad rap here. They're getting criticized. But I also believe God compares us to sheep because there's actually some positive things that we can learn from sheep. What to be more like. Behaviors that we should learn from watching them and and copying them. And there are two things I want to point out. One is sheep are actually really good listeners. And they know the voice of their shepherd because they know how to listen to that voice. Sheep actually have great voice recognition. And they have good memory, in particular to, to familiar voices. They can hear higher frequencies that human beings cannot hear. John chapter 10, verses 1 through 3 says, very, Jesus says, Very truly I tell you, Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and he leads them out. You know, Jesus is saying that just as the sheep recognize the voice of their shepherd and follow him, his followers, his sheep, will be able to hear his teachings and discern his voice and follow him as their spiritual shepherd and as their guide. And this can only come from spending time with the shepherd and having an intimate and personal relationship with him. And so how do we become better listeners of God's voice, of the good shepherd? Two, two things I want to point out. One is when we just seek him in quiet, 
when we can seek him in the quiet. Psalm 23, verses 1 through 3 says, The Lord is my shepherd, I, shall, I lack nothing. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He refreshes my soul. I love the imagery that, that, that David gives, the shepherd boy. When we learn how to slow down and even stop and lie down, put aside our devices, our screens, and we learn how to just be with God. And that is when his voice rises above all the noise and we can actually hear him. And when we obey his call to be alone and to be quiet with him, he will give us everything our heart and soul really desires. He will give us himself. And that's why when David says, when the Lord is my shepherd, I lack nothing. He's saying, I have everything I want, everything I could need right here. And this is what a good shepherd does for a sheep that is in distress. He makes him lie down. He makes him rest. He quiets his body and his mind. And in doing so, he refreshes his soul. The second thing, how do we become better listeners of God's voice is when we study and when we obey his word. Proverbs 2, 1 through 5 says, If you accept my words and store up my commands with you, within you, turning your ear to wisdom and applying your heart to understanding. Indeed, if you call out for insight and cry aloud for understanding, and if you look for it as for silver and search for it as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. See, true listening involves not just turning your ear to wisdom, but it involves applying your heart to truly understand. True listening is more than just hearing or knowing. It involves doing and obeying. And notice it says in verse 4, and if you look for it as silver, you search for it. It's a hidden treasure. Then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. God wants us to seek his wisdom and to obey it with the same heart and the same fervor that God pursues you like the lost sheep among the 99 like precious silver or a hidden treasure. This is how we are to seek God. Then we will hear his voice and we will know his heart. And lastly, sheep trust the heart and leadership of their shepherd. I think this is such a valuable lesson that we can learn from watching sheep. Sheep trust the heart and the leadership of their shepherd. John 10 says this, when he, Jesus, when he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them. And his sheep follow him because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. The Pharisees don't get it. Why? They don't know his voice. They don't know Jesus, and Jesus doesn't know them. But, but those who know him and follow him, they hear and they understand. And he goes on to tell them. He says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and he runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. Through the picture of a sheep and a shepherd, Jesus is telling his disciples that he's going to pay the highest price. He's going to give up his own life on the cross because of his great love. For his sheep. And he says, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep, and my sheep know me, just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father, and I lay down my life for the sheep. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, 
but I lay it down on my own accord. It's my own choice. You see, the cross is not some accidental, horrible turn of events. It was actually the plan all along, the good shepherd. And so he's telling them, don't be afraid. This is what's going to happen. And how do we respond now to this great act of love and sacrifice? John 10, 27 says, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them, and they follow me. This is how we respond. They listen to the voice, and they follow that voice. And you make no mistake, to listen to his voice is to know him. To listen to his voice is to follow him. And I want to ask, what about us in this room today? Do you know the voice of God? Does he know you as his sheep? Do you know that he came down to lay his life down for you, to save you like that sheep that was stuck in the ditch or the sheep that was lost? You know, we often struggle to receive God's love fully because we do not understand God's true nature or or our own nature. But God, I believe, has given us pictures of sheep and a shepherd to show us what he is like, to show us what we are like to show us what it means to follow him. Let's bow our heads together. I'm going to invite the worship team to come. In a moment, we're going to respond in worship by song. But in this brief moment, I wanted to just, in the quietness of this room, just wrestle with what was shared here in this brief message, a picture of sheep. I believe God created sheep for a purpose, not just to give us wool for our clothing, not to just give us certain kinds of cheese, but to show us a glimpse of his heart for us, to show us our true nature, our weakness, our lack of wisdom, and to show us his strength, his heart, his desire for us. that we would know his voice and that we would follow that voice wherever he leads, even the places that we do not want to go, even through the valleys of shadows, even through, the, through death, even through the scariest things of life, to know that he is near, that he is with us and he is guiding us and that we don't have to be afraid. His rod and his staff are protecting us. And the Psalm 23 closes, I think, with one of the most powerful lines. David, reflecting upon the Lord as his shepherd, says, Surely, surely goodness and love and mercy will pursue me all the days of my life. And I will live in the house of the Lord forever. Do you believe what David sang about in that psalm? Do you believe that God's goodness and love and mercy is pursuing you every day of your life? Do you believe he loves you? He's on your side. He's coming after you. And he is relentless. 
Let's take a moment in the quietness of our heart. Let's pray for the faith, that kind of faith, the faith of David, um, even if we don't have that faith now, even if we don't feel it now. And then in a moment, our worship team will close us um, in song.